Hey y'all, Michael Lunsford here, Citizens for a New Louisiana, and this is our series. We're talking to local candidates for office coming up in November. A lot of people don't realize there's a lot more on the ballot than the President of the United States. We're talking right now. We have um, our candidate today is Mr. Nathan Broussard. He's running for City Marshal. How's everybody doing? For the City of Lafayette. And so what we want to talk about is just kind of some things to differentiate you from some of the other candidates. And I remember you've got 32 years of law enforcement experience and what, how many 20-something actually in the Marshal's office? That is correct. Uh, I'm the only candidate that's been there uh, 20 years at the Marshal's office. I served on the Nikki P. Card. Uh, I was also the only field training officer where I trained. Uh, uh, I was up to number five and everybody underneath me I trained from uh, reserve officers to uh, uh, also anybody ride along program we had. We had an intern program, had all the interns rode with me also, and uh, I taught them everything from civil, criminal, to uh, court security, executive protection, and uh, that, that was my position. Okay, now you and I talked a, a few minutes ago before we got started, and you mentioned that there's a schedule at city court and you mentioned what days, you, you remembered all of that. What, yeah, oh yeah, I can walk in tomorrow right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you elect me as marshal, as Lafayette City Marshal, I can walk in tomorrow. I know we have arraignments on Mondays. We have a prisoner court on Tuesdays. So Wednesdays we have trials. Thursday we have juvenile and Fridays we do pay fines. Uh, it's not gonna take me, uh, you know, two, two years or a year to figure out what's going on. Uh, I know all the employees there. I know their strengths, mm -hmm. I know their weaknesses. Um, I can walk in tomorrow, like I said, and uh, it, I think the marshal's office is a great department. Uh, a lot of people respected the marshal's office. Uh, we are, they honored the marshal's office, and uh, I'm just trying to bring back the respect and the integrity and the honesty back to the department mm -hmm. uh, that I took 20 years to help build up along with the other deputies there. And we have a great deputies over there, great marshal's office. Okay. I remember uh, you mentioned in, I think, one of your, your pieces of literature, you had some type of a, a redundancy program for fingerprinting. How, yes, how did that work? So what we did uh, back when I spent time in, in the courtroom, we had a lot of people raising their hands. Your Honor, uh, that wasn't me on the ticket. That was my cousin. Uh, whoever it was, or somebody used my information. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking with the judges and speaking with the marshal and uh, the prosecutor and stuff, we got together and said, why don't we do like either put a picture with the ticket mm -hmm. or uh, use fingerprints. And uh, one of the things we did, that, that's when we implemented the fingerprints. We ran out of the tickets that they had ordered, uh, ordered new tickets, and also for misdemeanor summonses. So it, it didn't have a problem with ID, even though the, the twin brother or whoever knew all their information or cousin yeah. knew all their information or, or, or their friend, you know, we were able to just take the fingerprints on the back of the ticket, mm -hmm. and the person that's saying it wasn't them brought them down to the sheriff's department, to APHIS, and we uh, implemented to say that this is the right guy, same yeah. guy that's on the ticket or not. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd say uh, over the 10, 15 years that we did this, they probably had 30 people that said it wasn't my ticket. Mm -hmm. Somebody used my name. And and these people could have gone to jail. you got to realize, if, it's perjury, Mr. Man. Mike, if you think that you don't have a ticket and all of a sudden you get a warrant in the mail saying that you didn't come to court because you, you were never stopped. You didn't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, this this... I think that was a great, uh, a great idea that we had all together and put it together and and implemented it and and it saved a lot of people from going to jail. The other ones we figured out. Some people even put their addresses. They, they knew all uh, Mr. Lunsford's information. Yeah. Put the address, 
and, and put the wrong address. They didn't put Mr. Lunsford's because they didn't know his address. They right. just knew his date of birth. And we go knock. I put the guy in the back of the car. We go knock on the door, and it's like, well, this is my cousin. This is yeah. my cousin's house. And yeah. then we said, hey, you're the one that did it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we brought him back to the court. Got the district attorney. Uh, and a judge to look at it, and uh, sure enough, we, we actually brought him in and get fingerprinted and said, yeah, this wow. is the guy. So the prosecutor was able to take the charges off, you know, the innocent guy that, that, that had the warrant out on and, and go ahead and put the charges on to the guy that actually had the ticket. So right. I think it saved a lot of people, and it, the court needs, uh, you know, everybody's talking about the court needs to be revamped and new ideas, and this is one of the ideas yeah. that came around 15 years ago that, you know, That's I helped cool. put it in place. I mean, I'm always amazed with the criminal mind and how this stuff works. And of course, they're going to say, oh, I was just joking. I didn't mean it. It wasn't a big deal. But they get somebody in trouble like that. But so that's One of the guys said, look, uh, look, Deputy Broussard, Deputy Marshal Broussard, look, I was on probation at the time. And if I would have got this ticket, they would have they would revoked my probation. Right. And because and, you know, I asked criminals, why did you do this or what happened? And they'll tell you, you know, and, and that was a lot of them. They, they didn't want to get charged. Or they had too many other tickets, or they didn't want to go to jail. They're driving a suspension or whatever. Oh wow! And so, uh, you know, they would tell me that. So, uh, you know, I also talked earlier a little bit about uh, integrity and doing the right thing. And you had a problem. It was. It's been a little while ago now, back in the '90s, that you discovered, and you did the right thing, and you reported it. Uh, I think it was in Scott, Louisiana. Can you want to talk a little bit about how that that yes, worked? Sir. And yeah. yes, sir. I was a, a deputy uh, officer in Scott. And I did criminal patrol on I-10, which was uh, checking out for drugs and stuff like that. Uh, there was some uh, Vietnamese shrimpers, excuse me, that were uh, driving down I-10, and they were caught for speeding. They uh, had a lot of money in the car. Long story short, they had a lot of money in the car. Uh, I left my camera on, and I caught the chief of police putting cocaine in the back of the trunk. And uh, when I got home that night, uh, I was playing the video because, you know, there's three deputies that searched the vehicle. For almost almost an hour and a half, no drugs were found. Not even a seed of marijuana could be found. Hmm. But there was a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, that night when I got home, I took the tape out of the back of my trunk and went play it. And uh, I seen something that really disturbing. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, the chief was my friend. Uh, his family's good friends. And uh, and and I don't like talking about this because this guy's did his time. Right. Right. You know, but it was about all about doing the right thing. I had to do what I needed to do, and I uh, turned them into a couple of agencies that didn't do anything about it. Hmm. And then uh, finally a grand jury found a 12-count indictment for the guy, and he, he did his time in jail. Like I said, that's why I don't care talking about it. The guy's already did his time, and I feel that it's over with. But, you know, it was, it was my family and myself had to endure uh, threats. Uh, you know, back then it, was, it wasn't a popular thing to turn in a police officer. Uh, hmm. Not even, especially not your, your the senior law enforcement of right. that city. Right. I mean, this your is boss, the top right? guy, the boss, my yeah. boss, the head guy, hmm. and uh, it's very unpopular. So uh, you know, people didn't back me up on calls. Uh, I went to gun calls, domestic calls, and I'm the only officer there. And you know, uh, you know, everybody makes mistakes, and I understand it. But I needed to do the right thing. Right. Uh, I didn't get into police work to do the wrong thing. Again, I got in there to do the right thing, and uh, and like I said, I don't I don't like talking about it that much because like I said, you know, the guy did his time. Right. And uh, well, it's a picture, and look, I like to do these little pictures where you get a glimpse of someone, and and uh, I tell people get a glimpse of somebody's soul when you see them do the right thing or the wrong thing. 
And look, people always, I say always, it, it's what people do when no one else is looking, I think, that shows true character. He didn't have to do, he didn't have to turn anybody in. He didn't have to, there was a guy he worked with on a regular basis, but he said, look, it's the right thing to do, and he did it. And it wasn't comfortable, and it wasn't easy. Uh, I lost retirement. Right. I had to cash in my retirement because they quit paying me. But it was the right thing to do. And that's anyway, great. that's why I know it's the difficult conversation for you. But I think that it's something that people need to at least hear because I, I believe that that's fantastic that we have people around that are still doing things like this, that are still doing the right thing, no matter what the consequences are, no matter you know good or bad. It's just the right thing to do. So anyway, this is Nathan Broussard. Nathan Broussard. And uh, I'm I think... for Lafayette City Marshal. And, yeah. I, and I do ask for your vote. I ask for you and your family's vote. Uh, please vote November 3rd Yeah. for Nathan Broussard, Lafayette City Marshal. Check him out uh, on Facebook. You have a Facebook page? I have Facebook, Instagram. Mm -hmm. I have uh, all of that. If you need me to speak to your organization, mm -hmm. uh, you can call me at 337-278-0761. Um, if you look me up on uh, NathanBroussard.com, uh, if you want to donate or if you want to volunteer, uh, I'm looking for a few more volunteers. A lot of my volunteers went to Lake Charles to help out uh, the, the poor people with uh, going through this uh, hurricane business. And we went cook a couple times myself. And uh, we're blessed that we have good people in Lafayette. And, uh, and that's what it's about. My job is to bring back, I feel this is my passion. This is, this is for me to bring back integrity and honesty back to Lafayette Marshall's office. All right. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, sir. It's always great to see you. It's nice talking to you, Mr. Lester. Um, we'll, be, uh, we'll be doing a couple more of these, but right now, check out Nathan Broussard on Facebook. Reach out to him on telephone, message on Facebook. Comment below. I'm sure he'll check out the comments as well. And if you have questions for him, I'm sure he will respond. Once again, please vote for me, Nathan Broussard. All right.